I've realized that I've become a lot more productive and I'm able to kind of then create opportunities to give back to the community in my own small way. You're listening to Create Community. I'm your host, Marsha Drucker. On this podcast, we're exploring the human side of community. I'm chatting with some amazing community builders to define what community truly means. The inspiration for this podcast came to me a year ago. Together, Origins Media House and I pre-recorded and produced seven amazing episodes around community. Then a pandemic hit. It made the topic of community even more relevant. All of us are seeking connection, but especially during these times. I think that we can all agree that it's now more critical than ever to maintain a sense of community and support. In this special quarantine edition episode, I'm interviewing guests from different walks of life and different parts of the world to learn how they're currently creating and maintaining their sense of community during these unprecedented times. Unlike our earlier studio quality episodes, this was recorded in the conditions we're living in now. I'm currently isolating at home, and so are all of my guests. I hope that you can excuse the sound quality and enjoy the content. So with that, let's jump right into it. Up first, I'm joined by Reggie Bianami, an entrepreneur, community consultant, and fellow former Fuck Up Night Switzerland host. We chat about how his event season flipped upside down and how he's pivoting and maintaining community through it all. Hey, Reggie, thank you so much for joining me on the Create Community podcast. So to kick things off, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself, introduce yourself to our audience and what you're up to and where you are in the world? So I'm Reggie, uh, Reginald for those with my government name. I'm based in uh, Geneva, Switzerland, and I'm essentially a community builder and a consultant. Yeah, you're somebody that I really look up to as a community builder. You started with Fuck Up Nights a long time before me, and it's really inspiring to see how you've kind of grown it across Switzerland and just the amount of things that you've been able to balance and how involved you are in the in the event space there. Um, so tell me a little bit more about how this whole COVID-19 situation has impacted you, some of your plans for the next coming months and how you've sort of been able to, to pivot through these times. So firstly, I'd say thank you for your comment. I think I get these comments a lot because I never really kind of saw how much workload I took, or at least how much I took on my shoulders. And before the COVID, for the last three years, I did about roughly, I think it's like somewhere between 45 and 55 events per year at any capacity, whether it would be private or public, pro bono or not. But I had all these different uh, events to the point where I stopped going to other people's events because I was like, going sometimes almost was an event because you'd end up doing something in some shape or form. So this year was exactly the same. And, and, the, and the highest periods normally are actually March to about May. And then for me, about September to like mid-December. So these are the periods where everyone's kind of like stacking events. And for example, pre-COVID, like for most of the month of um, March, I had like, for example, events related to startup competitions. We were launching in, in Zurich. Future of Work, which actually became a very, very now uh, trendy and, and up-to-date subject, a Future of Work conference. Yeah, have, that's such a like buzzword, such a trending topic. It, it was, it was trending, well. and we got to a point where we were like, you know, you do, notably tackles everything that confinement pushed us to do between, you know, working from home and all those things. And uh, so I had to host that, that conference. It was like 200 people. Uh, I was supposed to host also the biggest tech conference in, um, in Switzerland. So it was in halfway across, like basically across the country. So it was going to be this big, massive affair. 3,000 people were expected. The main stage, they were going to give me the main stage that I was going to co-host with a, uh, my future business partner, 
who we were actually launching, we decided like in March to launch a business in event design. So events was like the big topic of that month. Had to host an event, the private fuck up nights at the time for Deloitte, which was going to be my last one because I quit fuck up nights. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that month, there was so much, right? In Switzerland, measures kind of started late February. So every week they were making it harder and harder. And I was like, all right. You know, we we thought confinement was going to come. It was like a rumor. We were like, no, we'll power through, even though Italy was right next to us and kind of like crumbling before our eyes. And um, as they were canceling one event after the next, I guess something happened to me where the first, like, I think, like, confinement started here unofficially, I think, on the 16th. And I think the first two weeks of it, I was literally just, I shut down, as in, in a good and a bad way, good way being took the break because you have to assume most people do events in their city. I was at the point where I, for the last few years, been doing events across the country in virtually every region, but the Italian one, because of either because of demands of where, where the, the clients were. So I kind of rejoiced of not having to make all that traveling and all the concessions that comes with. And on the other side, like I have a very small personal business aside from being invested in many others and i was like okay but then how is that going to affect me financially was i going to be eligible for the, um, the measures that were going to be taken in place when really at first i wasn't as a business owner as if i was an independent yes if i was an employee yes but as a business owner for example you don't get unemployment in Switzerland. Yeah. so there's many things that made it they were in certain times so first two weeks kind of sucked and then I kind of like, you kind of rise from the ashes. And also I was a bit sick. Like that, that's like a well-kept, not secret, but I was a bit sick, very curious about what it was. And kind of like at the moment that ended, I got the answers from the unemployment office that I was eligible for the measures and my intern also that I was recruiting an intern just pre-COVID that I decided to keep regardless. So that worked out. Uh, clients started coming out of the woodwork, wanting to work a little bit because I kept some consulting gigs. Because basically when you build communities and you do content or your expert, you have your expertise is that you can work with anyone, any type of businesses want your, your insights or help them strategize. So I kept some clients, they were coming out. So, so it's been, it's been like a roller coaster. I feel like I've had a very similar experience at the first two weeks in Canada. It was later for us. It really kicked in sort of yeah. um, like middle of March when it was declared a global pandemic. That's when things got really real here before I would say, like that week of like March 10th or yeah, like around that week, it was still very much like some people weren't really taking it as seriously that we just like, we didn't see it really affecting us. And then it just got very real in that week and just things started happening very drastically. And it was the same thing for me. I had a very tough time the first two weeks. And I think it was a culmination of really similar. I was doing a ton of events, also doing a lot of um, traveling and just kind of going nonstop. And it was in a way, it was like this like forced break that kind of helped me, but it was such a drastic and crazy change. And then after it, same thing, like, I feel like I kind of got more into the groove of things and things have gotten better. And I've been really pleasantly surprised that at how well, like our partners, came through and just being able to, to pivot in different ways. Tell me on the personal side of community, how have you been able to kind of stay connected through this time? What has it been like specifically in Switzerland? Like, how are you staying connected? It's been kind of strange because like, obviously, as soon as it hits, I navigate many communities, right? As in even professionally from, you know, the food entrepreneur community to tech community to, you know, just normal traditional entrepreneurs and, and craftsmen uh, community. 
And so a lot of them were kind of expecting me from, for example, to come in full throttles with like events and then, and then, you know, everyone was, um, I had this woman entrepreneur network here that I've been supporting since its beginning. And they really kind of like took the wave and started going full digital with all their events uh, formats that usually were offline. So I've seen a lot and, and I'm also very close to um, the stand-up comedian community with them in full depression because they were like, wait, we can't do our job. They oh. hated Facebook Live or, or Instagram Live because there's no interaction with the, with the public, right? So from the professional side, if I start with that, I, I took the opportunity to actually kind of stay away from the, the spotlight. I, I'm one of the kind of guy who there's a crisis. I'm going to stand and wait. As in, you know, you do triage at first with your close ones, the ones that are isolated, like some friends are confined alone. I'm in my parents, so it's a bit different. So I checked in on some friends at first, but professionally, I would also check in on people who, based on the measures that were happening or their jobs, like just checking in. But I was staying away from the spotlight of participating too fast on experiences that I think are not ready. We're not ready to go full on digital in terms of events when there's a pandemic or when there's any crisis. We're not, it's not natural for us to do this event. So I was wanting to check the tools. I looked up some things, but I didn't want to invest too much. And then I made the transition towards the personal side because same thing. Personally, everyone started jumping on all the virtual tools, right? House party, WhatsApp, everything like Telegram. Everyone was all over the apps and organizing these, they call it Zoom aperos or whatever. WhatsApp parties. You're like, wait. And I saw some cool things, but I was like, wait. If you're not naturally someone to use those things, makes no sense. So I really waited it out. Plus, I wasn't in my best, living my best life at that moment. So I was speaking to some people, but with who I had an actual deep, not necessarily connection, but conversation with. My goal was more to keep like my brain active and like express what I felt with people like that could understand it. And then what happened is that over time, over maybe after three weeks, I was like, okay, I want to get back in the game at least to see make some tests in terms of community management or in terms of events, see what could be done. And I created this very small, very simple, let's say, uh, format for Zoom, which is kind of close to your podcast in a way, but it's like more made for, so people come, like I invite friends, and I ask them essentially three questions, but related to confinement. So the, the literal translation in English would be, if you take confidential and confinement, it would be confidential, basically. <laughs> that would be the, the literal transition. But what it really meant was about kind of getting the pulse of the participants. And what I really wanted to test was interactiveness to see if it's possible, not just with one person. It's really easy. In, in a setting of less than five people, it's super easy. As a moderator, Zoom is, like, for example, a great tool. They do understand what a moderator does or an animator does. But then once you get past five people and even to 10, there's this noise. As when your job is to host something, it doesn't show because we're supposed to connect with people where we hate them. You know, like when there's disorder in a crowd, there's the one you created because you want them to exchange between each other. And then there's the one that just happens because people are indisciplined. So that one drives me crazy online, right? So then creating that format, doing it once a week, and connecting a bit more with people. I had all kinds of people I hadn't talked to in a long time over the phone. We organized calls. It's been, I think, socially, it's some people kind of came out of their shells of trying to not overdo things, knowing that we didn't know how long the situation would last. So I figured if we're in it for two months or six weeks or whatever, like you have to kind of, it's like Netflix, you got to pace it. If you start too strong, 
then what do you do afterwards? Yeah, I, it's funny. I like, I feel like I had a very similar experience, very similar approach. Just like you, those first two weeks, I kind of, I needed to just kind of almost like take care of myself, I guess, in a way. Yeah. It's like, how can you give to your community when you're not in the right frame of mind? So mm-hmm. I did the same thing. Like I really took a step back. Everybody was going, like a lot of people did move very quickly to go virtual, whether it's from a professional standpoint, like taking their events virtual right away. And then from the personal side as well, kind of like jumping on those huge like Zoom calls with everyone or house party. And yeah. I shied away from it too for, for the first probably like two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. And same thing, I like I found it a lot more more helpful to myself to just connect with people one-on-one and like just like really good friends, people that I feel really comfortable with where that was sort of, that was a way that I stayed connected. And then over time, I kind of dipped more into, into some of those um, bigger things and started experimenting with how to, um, how to bring fuck up nights online for Toronto in a way that was going to feel kind of natural to our city. So it's, it's definitely been gradual. And it's, I feel like that has been really helpful to me. And it was like, yeah, somebody who's like very ambitious and just like always doing a lot of things. It's kind of, it was almost like a forced break, like slow down. This is not a race. It's not a productivity contest. It's really hard. Cool. It's hard though to see the, the new, when you were mentioning ambition, when you have this, you had this whole plan set out and then, and then you're in a context that tells you, listen, certain things that you had mapped out in your mind, they're not going to work the same. And even if you adapt them, they're not going to work the same. What's something that you're grateful for um, during this crazy time? First is health. Like it seems basic, but you know, like the um, the COVID took some people we knew in our family, not only my grandfather, but also like other people are losing close ones. So all of a sudden, your health you're starting to realize you don't have your health. Doesn't matter. Yeah, you don't. And have secondly, I'd, I'd say community, as in, you know, it's kind of like a wink also to the topic of your podcast. But I'm saying, like, you could really test the value of your network during that period in terms of who looks out for you who, um, you know, who's willing to adapt to your situation. I'm talking either professionally or personally, who's, you know, who's calling you um, just to just to check up on you. And then my last question for you, and I ask this of every guest on the podcast, what does community mean to you? Obviously, there's this notion of group, like this the, uh, group or band of people, or let's say, uh, but that are kind of like centered around a common cause, or at least that are, that are brought together by a common set of values. Because some people have an audience, but not a community. Some people have contacts, but not a community. And whether it's a business or whatever, it's just, I think that notion of having this common, not necessarily vision, it depends because it evolves depending on the maturity of it. But that logic that there is a kind of a thread, like transversal values and, and visions of things or cause that they're defending or talking about or whatever, uh, and how they are willing to act upon when called upon and interact between each other, that sense of community. I would say it's 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 more the, um, the reason why they're together. I think community has become such a buzzword. I think a lot of people are kind of referring to their audience as a community. I've heard people refer to their email list as a community. Uh, and that's, <laughs> yeah, so I love that definition. Reggie, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure, absolutely. Joining me next, we have Alfredo Moresi, a Senior Community Manager of Developer Relations at Google and the organizer of the Italian Community Manager Summit. We chat about how he's keeping his communities engaged with virtual events and what the last few months have been like in Italy.
Hi, Alfredo. Thank you so much for joining me today on Create Community. I'm super excited to chat with you. So to kick things off, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and where you are in the world. Uh, so my name is Alfredo. I was a developer back in the days. Uh, and then I, while I was a developer, I also was passionate about doing stuff with people, starting with the first uh, Linux user group in my city, more or less 20 years ago, and then uh, organized uh, conferences and meetups about mobile development when mobile was uh, not even known as a like development uh, part. And uh, finally, because of these two passions, uh, I found my place in developer relations. And this is a kind of job where you should generally be technical, but also passionate about people and community. And this is what I do now, like supporting uh, technical developer communities uh, in uh, across Europe uh, with a team of other people uh, working for Google and uh, specifically on the Google Developers Group and other first-party community programs that Google has for developers. Very cool. You have so much incredible experience in community building. I think we're only going to scratch the surface here, but I'm really excited to chat with you and get your perspective on community in Italy, community across Europe, and your personal community as well. So tell me, during this time of COVID-19, how have you been affected um, by this whole situation professionally and personally as well? Well, not easy to give a quick reply because there are many, many aspects and things happen. But I would say uh, from a community perspective, you know, I'm based in Italy. So we were among the first first one in Europe uh, to be in lockdown. And uh, so at the beginning, it was a lot of uncertainty, like what should we do with the communities? And also as a community, should we stop everything? Everything will start in four weeks. And now then it's different. Like we know it will last and for a long time. And so at the beginning, uh, my job with communities uh, is to listen to them, is to stay close to them, to say, hey, don't worry, you shouldn't do stuff uh, like uh, forcefully. It's perfectly fine you stop doing your community activities because, you know, those people are doing community for free in as a passion in their own free time. And what's happening is that, uh, like... Uh, a lot of people had to also reshift their own lives to take care about family because of a job or because of other different situations uh, in, in their own family life. And so my first activity was to uh, keep people, uh, to make people okay in this new situation. So don't worry if you are, it seems you're losing your community because it's normal. The second activity we did was to share positivity. Uh, after two, three weeks, uh, four weeks, uh, when people say, okay, now it's something happening for real, it's something big and huge, say, okay, don't be too much afraid, uh, don't be scared, uh, don't uh, have the fear. Let's be positive. Uh, we're still here, we are still able, especially in the tech world, still able to maintain the majority of our jobs, uh, to even have time to talk with our friends, maybe be closer. It was the time where every day we had a meetup, a virtual call, a virtual coffee, a virtual chat with someone. And, and so, so people restarted to say, okay, you know what, uh, let's try to shift my in-person event to the online format. And so a lot of webinars, a lot of sharing, plenty of people uh, talking about everything uh, because then the geographical limit was anymore a limit, just the content and the language. And then this is the second phase. For me, the third phase was when people uh, really started to embrace the unique 
opportunities offered by the online format. For example, collaborating together in organizing bigger events. In Italy, the developer communities organized last week uh, an event where 13 communities came together to organize two days of content, six tracks, 50 speakers, more than 1,000 registered attendees and more than 500 concurrent uh, like attendees or attendees per every single day. And we are seeing the same seeds also in other parts of Europe. Maybe it's one week of common events, one hour every day of the week, or maybe half of a day. So there are different things communities are doing together. And this is where probably uh, the situation where we are now. People have embraced the need to shift online, to keep working on their own passions, but with an online format. And now, because community is about passion, creativity, they are trying to explore the unique opportunities offered by the online format. I'm really inspired by the work that you're doing to kind of inspire other community builders and to help kind of guide them through this very uncertain time. Tell me on the personal side of things, living in Italy, being in this lockdown for a while now and, you know, just seeing how serious the situation is. How have you kind of maintained your personal sense of community? What's it been like living through all of this? in Italy and, you know, having having kids and just kind of navigating through this time. Exactly. Like, first, it uh, was important for me to recognize that if I tell people, hey, it's okay if you are, cannot commit, if you cannot, uh, like, take care of your community, should also be okay for me to do this with my community, so to detach. I cannot tell people, hey, uh, you have to detach, but sorry, I cannot detach myself. It's not yeah. a good example. So, like, uh, be, let's say, the first, uh, the first one living with your words. Uh, second, being a community builder uh, and also oversee, like, a large number of communities, more than 300 across Europe, uh, gave me the opportunity, again, to see the best of uh, the people, the best of what they, uh, they did. And so it was, for me, kind of an injection of positivity. And say, even if one-third, one-fourth, one-fifth of the communities are now doing something, this one-fifth, it's really inspiring, and it's covering for the rest of a four-fifth not doing anything because of COVID. Yeah. So I would say I'm still consider myself very lucky because, you know, my job now has increased. I still have time to be uh, more with my kids. Of course, it's like more challenging because uh, like the time, but in any case, I'm grateful to have more time to stay with my the rest of my family, with my kids. So because I consider myself uh, uh, lucky, I think all the rest uh, follows in a better way. Because when you are in this like uh, positive approach to life, uh, all the rest will follow. And this is what's happening also in Italy. And the sense of community, first, uh, like, it depends on the community you're working with, but, you know, sharing thoughts, sharing insights, trying to experiment a little bit. This is, for me, a time for incredible experimentations. We can do a lot of experiments. It's like a huge social lab. And so instead of maintaining the status quo, oh, we've been doing this kind of activity, so it was successful, let's keep doing it. It's more about uh, what if we do this crazy stuff? What if we try this experiment? And so I'm at the end a developer. I love to experiment. I love to discover stuff. I love to solve a problem that maybe not even exists. And so for me, this is like a super positive moment to share these passions with other like-minded people and execute them through the community. It's so true. I mean, I think right now, you know, people are really craving connection and they're open to trying different things, to participating in different things. And I think people are really kind of forgiving towards community builders. Um, I've seen that through putting on my own virtual events. Um, 
there's definitely been some learning, some experiments, some things have gone really well. And then um, some have very ironically, you know, with fuck up nights events going virtual have definitely fucked up, but our community has really appreciated it. And they've been there along for the ride and they've given their feedback and they're really into it. So I love that approach, really thinking it, yeah. thinking of it as an experiment. Yeah, we are all on the same boat. And so we all recognize it's a difficult time for everyone. But in any case, because I think community are driven by passions, is where the game becomes really, really a pleasure. Like, hey, even if it's like a complex situation, let's navigate this complex situation together because we are all driven by our passions. What is something that you're grateful for during this crazy time? The, the health. So I'm healthy, my family, like the family I'm coming from, my own family, my wife, my kids, uh, the people I know. Generally, it's okay. It's not perfectly fine, but it's generally okay. And I think this is the the one most important thing uh, I should focus on. Uh, I still have my job. And so I'm also grateful because I know, unfortunately, also friends of mine that lost the job uh, or had a very important reduction in the roles of the job. You know, also companies yeah. and small companies. You know, in Italy, it's full of small to medium companies. And so several of those companies are having important issues because of COVID. And again, I work with people uh, that are passionate about what we are doing. And so I'm also grateful because despite the very bad situation, I still have a lot of positivity to work with every single day. That's really amazing. And then my last question for you, and I ask this of every guest on the podcast, what does community mean to you? So, of course, community for a company is a means to an end. So if the company has a some sort of goal, community is a tool to reach this goal. And this is connected with the community strategy, with making the community relevant inside of the company. Uh, but for me personally, community is a place where I can find like-minded people sharing one or more passions and oh, where all together we know we can reach something bigger, better. And this is like why I'm passionate so much, because then it can merge something that is important for a company with something that is important for people. I love that. That's such a great definition. Awesome, Alfredo. Thank you again for joining me. It was such a pleasure to chat with you. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you. Last but not least, we have Neha Agarwal, a community manager at Quora India. We chat about how she's keeping her online community engaged in new ways, staying connected, and giving back to the less fortunate communities in India. Neha, thank you so much for joining me today on Create Community. I'm super excited to chat with you. Thank you so much for inviting me, Marsha. Uh, it's an honor to be here and to speak about something that I'm really passionate about. Awesome. So Neha, let's get you to start off with introducing yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and where you are in the world right now. Mm-hmm. I'm currently based in Mumbai, uh, which is a city in India. And I'm currently working with Quora, uh, where I'm leading uh, their community team for the in- languages and I'm the community manager for one of the languages myself. Before I joined Quora, I built India's largest community of young Indian parents for an organization called Baby Chakra, which is also based out of India. That's so fantastic. You've had such an interesting career journey. You've you've done so much in terms of being a community builder. And I absolutely love how you kind of became a community builder in the first place mm-hmm. and uh, what you're up to these days. So tell me, Neha, how has this whole COVID-19 situation affected you? What has it looked like professionally with your role at 
Quora and what has it been like personally as well? It's just been something which none of us expected, right? And I think we just kind of took it on as it came. I'd say, you know, a couple of first days um, when we kind of went to this complete lockdown in India, it was kind of a bit of a, a journey uh, where we had to kind of get used to this uh, kind of a lifestyle where we're kind of stuck at home with no support, with no help available. You're kind of just juggling, you know, a lot of your day, trying to kind of get, you know, your household stuff done, your cooking done. But at the same time, you're still working. I mean, you know, you found, you find yourself working a lot more, right? Because, you know, you, I mean, community building is, is like a 24 by 7 job, in my opinion, right? You're so invested in it and you, you're you so passionate about it that you just find yourself so deeply immersed and involved with the community. But I think, you know, one of the things that has been really surprising for me and I think, uh, you know, a, a huge realization for me is that I've actually come out quite successful in terms of, you know, managing my time. And, and I think I've, I've just gotten a lot more productive in this entire lockdown times you know I've been able to kind of manage household work but at the same time give my equal attention to Quran and to my community building career but at the same time I've also been able to kind of really take out some good amount of time to focus on myself I think it's just so important in these days to focus on yourself on self-care but at the same time even give back to the community in some ways it is very interesting ways in which I'm kind of giving back to the community I'm an artist by the night so you know we've been getting this community of artists together you know people who are kind of looking to kind of start up or just starting up and we've been kind of really giving back to each other a lot you know getting onto these groups having this discussions, really supporting each other, really encouraging each other, but at the same time, even sharing what we've got. So, you know, we've we've been doing these online classes where, you know, a lot of people who really want to spend some quality time and build themselves up in that skill or that area can really take back from what we have for each other. That sounds amazing. I, I love what you're building with that artist community. What have been some ways that you've kept your community engaged at Cora? I know that it's kind of already an, an online community, but has anything sort of pivoted there during these times? Absolutely. I think it's just been so much of learning for us as well, right? Um, you know, Cora, as you know, is a user-generated content platform. And uh, the start of COVID meant a lot of things for us, right? If you talk about people who come on to Cora, they had so many questions and so many worries related to COVID-19. And it's but natural for them to feel that way, right? So community is, you know, in my opinion, community is all about making it very relevant for them. Always try and get a sense of what your community needs and then just give it back to them, right? Take the cues from what they're talking about. So there's a lot of conversation that they're doing on the platform, right? I think we need to kind of really listen a lot and just channelize that energy of the community and create opportunities and a purpose for them. And they will love it. They will they will just stick around. So going back to COVID-19, such a scenario where, you know, you know, there's so much of content that has been created. Uh, one of the top priority for us was fighting misinformation, right? And it was super important for us at Quora. So, you know, we have a special focus right now on COVID-related misinformation. We're monitoring closely credible websites like WHO, CDC, and other official entities for guidelines and recommendations, right? So at the same time, misinformation still happens. It's, it's but natural, but which is why our moderation system has always been very robust, 
which is usually a combination of people and algorithms. So it has been really helpful uh, to have such a solid mechanism in place to fight any sort of misinformation on the website and also for the community to help us fight mis misinformation. You know, that is one aspect. But at the same time, the good news and, you know, the more heartening news is that we're seeing a lot of first-hand experiences being shared by real people who have either gone through those experiences or have seen someone close to them go through it. And these first-hand experiences are being shared on Quora in a really cool way. Like we have loads of content from early lockdown areas like Italy, etc., which is pretty cool if you think of it. And, you know, you won't find that content anywhere else. These are real people talking about their real stories. We've been fascinated and really surprised with some of the stories that people um, have been writing. And I think kudos to those people, because as you can imagine, it takes a lot of a person to uh, come and open up on a platform. And I think uh, we're, we're so proud as as Cora, where we're providing such a safe environment uh, for people to come and really uh, talk about, you know, some of their stories, which they typically perhaps won't talk that often or talk that openly about. Apart from that, there are some really cool stuff that we've been doing. Like uh, some of us have held virtual community meetups like Quora Connect, you know, with solid agendas. And, you know, just to give some time for these writers and users who come on to Quora to just have some time off from their routine, but also talk about what they're passionate about, right? Writing and sharing their stories while they're locked up in their homes. But we also started running this lockdown stories, which we're featuring to ensure that it reaches more and more people and people come and talk about their hardships uh, and how are they feeling and how are they coping with it and we give just give the, giving them an outlet to come and share some of these feelings that they have so yeah there are some you know pretty cool things that we're doing i think you know the brighter side of it is that you know we, we were already online so you know we didn't have to get a really put in a lot of effort to get people online. We're already there, but I think we just leveraged on what we were listening from the community and just gave them and, and created opportunities for them to come and talk about. That's such a key thing, I think, as a community builder or as a community manager to really like truly listen to your community and really to be there for them in a way that supports them in the way that they're asking for. So I absolutely love what you guys are doing there. That's, that's so amazing to hear. Tell me on the personal side, um, what is something that you're grateful for during these absolutely crazy times? <laughs> you know, I'm just grateful for the strength that people around me, be it my family or friends or colleagues have given me. And they've just made it so easy. As I said, I've realized that I've become a lot more productive and I'm able to kind of then create opportunities to give back to the community in my own small way. Uh, what that means is, you know, sharing my skills, but also at the same time, there are people out there who really need our help. You know, myself, along with my brother and a couple of other people, we've adopted a village in India where they're facing a lot of scarcity of basic necessities. And we're trying to kind of mobilize these funds for this particular village. Or, you know, I'm an animal lover. So I'm part of these uh, animal sport groups where we've been kind of mobilizing funds, but at the same time, like going out in the night, uh, trying to feed strays out there, be it cats or dogs, because nobody's out there feeding them. It just feels more fulfilling 
uh, during these times. And I think I'm just so grateful for being able to do that. That's really incredible. It's so powerful at this time to be able to give back. And it's, you know, it gives you such a feeling of meaning and you're helping so many people. And I'm so inspired by you to hear that. So my last question for you is, and I ask this of everybody on this podcast, what does community mean to you? How would you define it? Community building is my passion. And I think uh, community is just love. (laughs) I would just define it as something that I'm deeply invested in. It just gives me a lot of sense of purpose, right? And uh, in the end of the day, you're just, when you're sleeping in the night and when you reflect back through your day, right? You just are counting on, you know, what all that you've done uh, for the community and it just feels so nice and you're just satisfied with what you've done at the end of the day so I think it's just my source of happiness and and just you know the sense of fulfillment that is what community means to me that's so amazing if if anybody who's listening could see me right now I'm smiling so big (laughs) right now because that was such a beautiful definition and I think that sums it up so nicely and I can just feel your passion for it Neha thank you so much again for joining me it was such a pleasure to chat with you Thank you so much for having me. It was an equal pleasure to talk to you. You can find details about how to connect with all the guests from this episode at createcommunitypod.com slash quarantine. I hope that you enjoyed this special episode. All the guests showed that physical distancing does not have to mean social isolation. Stay safe, wash your hands, don't hoard anything, and keep creating your community. Thanks for tuning in to Create Community, a podcast where I chat with incredible community builders to define what community truly means. You can check out the series on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you normally listen. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. I'd really love to hear your feedback. You can also follow us on Instagram at createcommunitypod or check out our website at createcommunitypod.com for updates. Once again, I'm Marsha Drucker, your host, signing off. A huge thank you to Origins Media House for producing this series. You can find them at originsmediahouse.com, where house is spelled H-A-U-S, or on LinkedIn and Instagram at Origins Media House and Twitter at Origins Media. 